Hello, welcome to Codependent and Shit, Conscious Dating and Relating from a former crazy girl. What's up, guys? I'm back with another episode, finally. Um, I know it's been a little time again, but things have been so crazy. (laughs) I'm not even going to get into it, but my whole life switched around. I got the COVID for my 30th birthday. I was supposed to be flying to Hawaii, and I had to do a test to go to Hawaii, And so the day before I was supposed to leave, I took a test and it was positive. Mind you, I paid a good chunk of money for this test to be rapid and all that. And it was positive and I couldn't believe it. But then I got sick. So I totally had COVID and I spent my 30th birthday sick as a dog. I think the worst day of my COVID was my birthday. It was depressing. I wanted to go escape to Hawaii because... I didn't want to be sad that I'm not going to hear from my mom this birthday. Um, And that's, you know, who cares about your birthday like your mother does? If you hear barking, it's my neighbor's annoying dog. (laughs) Um, Who cares though? Like, you know, your parents care the most, especially your mom. She birthed you. So to not have her around and to not have my mom get to see me turn 30 is sad. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go to Hawaii and run away from my feelings but you know what I had to do instead sit with my feelings and utter disgusting feeling of the COVID it was gross honestly COVID is so gnarly I was so sick it felt spiritually evil I'm not kidding like it was mental it was physical it was it was like a purging I don't know how to explain it but it got me back on track with a lot of things once I felt better it felt really grateful for my health, for my immune system, for for everything. And so I'm pretty, I'm healed now. I'm better. <laughs> but it was no joke. I've heard a lot of people get it and they have just minor symptoms. I did not have that. But I was also kind of stupid. The first few days I was not sick feeling. I didn't feel sick. So I was not being a smart person and drinking champagne and stuff which I am not drinking again now. I am done with alcohol for a good chunk. I don't want to go back anytime soon. I'm just going to see what having zero alcohol in my life can do for me because it doesn't help me. And I guess that's something I want to stress to people because not everyone identifies with being a total addict. Like maybe you go, you've been to AA, maybe you've been to NA and you go and you don't really feel like you resonate on the same level as some of the people in there like you could have alcohol or drugs in your vicinity and you could say no you could not do it but if you're seeing a pattern of when you're using or drinking that you are harming yourself in some way socially and physically or doing things to other people that are causing destruction like you got to do damage control the next day it's a problem. So for me, I was drinking in wake of my grief and I was destroying my life again. So the pattern, I can't drink right now. It's not, it's going to work for, it's not going to work for me because I'm not being smart. I was getting wasted, turning into that person that I worked so hard for years to stop being. 
But that's another story for another day because this episode I'm going to talk about what we talk about a lot on this show. And I had someone write in not too long ago and she wrote me a very detailed um, story of what she's going through and she's in a trauma bond like so many of us trauma bonds it's like the norm I feel like more relationships than not are trauma bonds and that's why they're super dysfunctional they're high and low there's so many highs and lows and we are addicted to these people that we know are bad for us we feel it we know it is depriving us of our light our goodness and and yet we can't walk away we cannot walk away and so I'm just gonna recap a little bit on trauma on what a trauma bond is um and actually give you guys if you go google things to do to break a trauma bond this is what they will tell you but I'm gonna kind of caveat with my own um my own experience and what works and what's working because I feel like I'm I'm getting there, man. Um, okay, a trauma bond is, say, if you're having, like, if a relationship you're in now is a trauma bond, it's because you're playing out a repeated cycle that is more than likely, according to psychology, most definitely likely, it's correlated to a another relationship in your early development. This could have been your childhood. This could have even been your really early teen years, the relationship you got into. And you're replaying a dynamic because subconsciously on some level and the brain is operates 95% from the subconscious. So this is this stuff's really in control. It's really driving us. And it's hard to reprogram these things, but you can do it. You can change your brain. It's been proven. You can heal this stuff. But it's hard work. It is not for the weak. It is for the people that are ready and willing to put in the footwork and then the integration. And if you listen to this podcast, you obviously are there because you would not be searching podcasts of this nature or listen to my show or anything if you didn't care. So um, you're already doing it. So, you know, give yourself a pat on the back. But you're playing in a dynamic. And it it's hard maybe to pinpoint what's similar. But it's likely it's this pattern of the highs and lows. The abuse and then reinforce, positive reinforcement. You know, you are hanging on to when they're nice. When they say sweet things. But then they are also vile towards you it's abuse it's up and down it's up and down and it's chaotic and you're never secure you never feel like you have a strong foundation in this relationship it could leave any day tomorrow they could not love you and even though it drives you absolutely up the wall you are addicted to it and it's 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 a mess and it ruins your life and sucks the light out of you. You aren't yourself. It is soul-drenching, soul-just-ringing pain, the cycle. And it's so hard to get out because you develop a Stockholm Syndrome for these people. You have this adoration and this level of devotion and wanting them to earn their love. Like, I'm just going to use my example. I correlate my trauma bonds I've been in for the last... 13 years to my relationship with my mom because 
it was that same thing. It's like she's so loving one minute and says nice things, but then it would also come with vile remarks, constant criticism. I couldn't do anything right. And it's abuse. And then there's just abuse and then the reinforcement. So it's a cycle up, down. And I also wouldn't know what version of my mom I was going to get. I was, I grew, the, the child I became and the person I became was one that equated love because that's the person that showed me what love is. Our parents, our early caregivers, they are the person that shows you what love is. They're your means of survival. They are essentially before you can conceptualize God. They are God because you don't understand what God is, but you, you know that this person is your means of survival and being. So to have that caregiver offer inconsistency, uh, lack of emotional validation, um, lack of respect and love for the person you are individually, um, and more often they they tend to love who they think you should be according to their their beliefs and their kind of like you know the parent that forces their say the dad that forces their son into playing football he doesn't want to play football but he has to play football and if he doesn't do good in football dad's mad and dad pissed and dad treats him like shit but if he does something good and then ultimately we fall into doing this stuff because we just want to please these people we want to please our our caregivers we want to please that that parent it's it's innate in our nature to want that so it's playing out those dynamics and it seems weird to correlate caregiver relationships to re- to your love relationships but relationships are relationships and um that's why I like my podcast is just about healthy relating because it's not just about your relationships with your lovers it's relationships and all on the spectrum all all relationships so the trauma bond is hard to break, but it is doable. But it's really just so important to recognize when you're in one, when you're stuck in one. And so I'm going to go through just a list of you sat there and decided, I'm going to Google how to break a trauma bond because you're getting, you know, hopeless. It's hard. This is what you'll probably see online. This is from Healthline. I'm just going to read these, but give, like I said, my own little take on these. The first one they list is keep a journal. Okay, keeping a journal, very helpful. I've done it, always done it. Um, it's definitely not going to be the cure-all. Like, it's it's helpful to to write things down, to make mental notes um, of what you're observing. It's definitely helpful, especially if that's like a outlet for you with your pain. I, I'm like that. I write poetry and stuff, songs. It's always been a release for me. So that can be helpful. Put the pain on paper. Write it out. Um, just a small little thing to help. Um, the next one is consider the relationship from another perspective. So this is taking an objective stance on the relationship. So this is a third person view. You have to kind of metaphorically step out of your own shoes and look at the relationship as a whole, the bigger picture. What what do you see it as? If you were your friend, if something I do is if I heard my friend telling me, you know, venting to me about this and I told them the details about the relationship, would I encourage my friend to stay with this person or would I be like, yo, get the fuck out of there. You're in a trauma bond like you are. This is bad for you. Like, would you support your friend? 
if you were not in your shoes. It's taking a third perspective. Looking at anything from an objective perspective is, I think, what consciousness is, essentially. It's like, you know, you're either an autopilot and you just live life in your patterns in ways that are not working for you and you're just driving the car and you're, you know, you're on autopilot. Or consciousness and I think awakening on on whatever level that is for you is becoming that objective viewer of like oh these are my pat I'm in a pattern oh I'm the common denominator I keep dating the same type of people being having that awareness is I think that's consciousness um and it's essential I think to healing this stuff you have to be able to take an objective stance on this stuff and realize what you're doing like what you're choosing you're choosing to be there there's something you're reenacting and it's you it's not them get out of victim mode victim mode does nothing for anybody you're not a victim i mean you are but you're you're really not we have to take accountability radical accountability for the part we play in these dynamics that are leaving us suffering it, it, you have to Another one listed on here is talk to loved ones. Okay, this take this with a grain of salt because don't go talk to your freaking friends that are in trauma bonds because they're going to give you shit advice or or your siblings, whatever. If they are people that are not in good relationships or they are addicts, whatever, they're probably not the people to talk to. They're not going to give you good advice. This is something I learned to stop doing because most of the people in my life are pretty dysfunctional. You probably, a lot of you can relate. And talking to them, you want to because they're in your life and they're there and they're maybe they're willing to listen, but they can offer some really garbage advice. And I would not. Here's an example. <laughs> My sister was dating someone last year who she was totally in a trauma bond. This guy was a total narcissist. It was bad. And my sister, oh, my sister was living with him, right? Moved in way too fast, of course. He hooked his he hooked his claws into her really quick. He got her to move in. And she was having issues with him and he was wanting her to to move out because they were having problems. And she went to talk to her friend and I think they were drinking and her friend, her best friend tells her, He can't kick you out. That's illegal. That's illegal. Um Tell him you're not leaving. Tell him you're not going to leave. Refuse to leave because he can't kick you out. He has to give you, like, notice. Like, you know, le- getting legal. She lived there for a few weeks, dude. And she said that to him and acted like that. And that just made everything worse. And he, I think he called the cops. He straight up, like, got legal. He got, like, an, an attorney involved. Like, you can't force yourself on. That's so ridiculous and violating of boundaries and so irrational solution her friend should have said he's a shit bag get your shit and get the fuck out and especially because she has a baby with there her son she should have told her to go okay but this was not the f- person to talk to so don't talk to your shitty toxic friends i'm sorry don't or your loved your family members if they are not mentally healthy strong people that you respect and value like the way their life is don't ask them for help i mean don't ask them for advice okay the next one is avoid self-blame it's really easy, especially if you've been abused as your as a child, mentally, physically. It's really easy to fall into the blame game on yourself and to beat yourself up. I do it still. 
I have that critical voice. Swear to God, my mom is not even here, but I still have her voice in my head. Every time I'm doing something, if I'm opening a box, I hear her go, that's, that's not how you open a box. Of course you opened it like that. Of course now you can't put the box back together. Like there's always this voice, but you, we have to learn to catch that voice and tell it to shut the fuck up because it's not based in reality it is that is our abuser's voice coming in what we were ingrained to believe so don't blame yourself if you found yourself in a trauma bond again don't beat yourself up it's hard work it's hard really hard work and a lot of people never break these cycles they die (laughs) still doing this shit or when i used to go to codependency meetings most of the people there would be in their 40s and 50s And they would just be learning about this stuff. And they are just now trying to do the work. And most of my listeners are in their 20s and 30s. So that gives me hope. I mean, I know we're in a new era where uh, millennials are really into this stuff and healing. And it's, I think it's groundbreaking. I think it's going to shift things for the next generations. Because this stuff needs to be healed so that we don't keep passing this shit on to our children. And we break generational curses that is what you are doing, breaking a generational curse. And I like to enforce that if you are doing this work on some level, I don't know if you're into spirituality, but you're chosen, I think. I think you're chosen by whatever your higher power is, God, the universe, to break this curse, this generational curse. You're you're kind of the chosen one. And I like, that's empowering, I think, to kind of see yourself as that warrior. Um, don't blame yourself. Get out of that. Get out of, don't be, don't feel like a victim. We just put our shoes back on and we keep going and we keep going. Always get back on the motherfucking horse. Okay. The next one is cut off contact completely. Okay. This is so much easier said than done. I'm not even going to lie. I've never blocked someone that I was in a trauma bond with. I can't do it. Sorry, my computer's going off. I can't do it. I can't I can't break a trauma. I I couldn't cut off contact. I can't block people that I care about. It's hard. So, I mean, if you have the willpower, do it, please. By all means. That's that's cold turkey with that drug. But if you can't just find a middle ground. This is a practice. This is my practical advice. It's harder than it sounds to cut off contact, but you can get yourself to stop falling for the words that are going to come the the sudden adoration, the apologies, and you can just still like, you know, keep him, keep some boundaries up. I don't think you have to go come no contact because that's hard for people. The next sign is get professional help. Not sign, you know what I mean? Obviously, always advocating for this. Getting professional help is not easy either because not everyone has the financial means or health insurance. It's so expensive. But that's why I made this podcast because I used to be in that boat and I used to use podcasts as a form of therapy for me before I could get into actual therapy. So seek out those kinds of resources. Um, most people think there's no resources for people with um, you know, limited income and stuff like that. But there is. You just have to look for it in your area. Call. Make calls. It's scary. But if you need the help, get the help. I was, I found a place near me when I was really at one of my lowest and I was doing therapy, even EMDR for like, they work with you. 
it was a it's a it was a mental health center look for places like that mental health centers there's options okay there's options besides um paying two hundred dollars out the door per session because that shit is ridiculous and then my next final one that i added is get spiritual help because i'm gonna say it through and through a million times over forever that is the component i think that is missing from standard psychology is the spiritual aspect i know some of you guys might not be believers in a higher power whatever you believe in i'm telling you from my own experience god is the only thing that can provide supernatural change it's supernatural supernatural peace gaining supernatural perspectives that you never had that awakening that consciousness i feel like that's god you being able to start recognizing your patterns it's how you start changing and i feel like that's existed by god i feel like healing is not just us okay it's co-healing with god is god gonna heal you no is god gonna send a therapist to your door no you have to put in footwork you have to be willing to do your own work too but god can assist you surrender to it surrender to whatever it is whatever you believe in and trust that you're unconditionally loved and supported by something because you are and i i would never advocate people just healing without a spiritual life like it just i'm this is my my experience it is the most necessary component because the only thing that's helped me put the people away that needed to go or the alcohol or the drugs not that I've stayed on that (laughs) I've relapsed but was God it was a supernatural intervention man it's real I'm telling you man I'm telling you it's real um and now I'm just gonna start um mentioning some other things that I feel like I should mention that I realized was holding me back and this is a this is a bond I had in my mind and maybe you guys can relate if you've had a past relationship and I'm talking it could have been in the last few years or maybe it was 14 years ago like me mine was about 12 to 14 years ago um is if you're holding on to a trauma bond like a relationship a lost love your first love this was my first love i've talked about him on this show a lot because i swear after the relationship with my mom this is really what set the tone for me going into trauma bond chaos for 13 years it was i i couldn't let this person go and it was an abusive relationship he would physically i was physically abused i was 16 so vulnerable so in love or i thought i was in love 15 16 so young and it was abusive and it was physically abusive but i really i think i focused a lot on just that and not even that he was so mentally abusive and but for some reason because of those intense feelings i felt for him whatever that really was made up of I couldn't let this person go all of these years. I dream about him. I pined for him. I just couldn't. I was I was I feel crazy to even say this out loud, but I was on some level always hoping that he was gonna come back. Um and we were going to be together. 
I, I was like, it's going to happen. He's my purse. He's my love. He's, he's the love of my life. I've, he's that one. But I, I was actually holding myself back from actually finding something real by holding on to this person in my mind and in my heart. I was holding myself back. And instead I was having relationships that mimicked our dynamic. Because some part of me was trying to heal it. Like, oh, if I get this super unavailable guy that doesn't even want to be here fully and wants to party and drink like he did. Oh, I'm valuable. I'm I'm worthy. He's choosing me. I'm chosen. I'm worthy. No. It seriously has been, I've been captive to this man still. He's not even in my life. I haven't spoken to him in, in that many years. And I still was his captive. I still had Stockholm Syndrome for this person. And it held me back. And it honestly wasn't until I was doing an EMDR session yesterday with my therapist. Going all over a traumatic memory where he threw me across the parking lot. That I realized and got super emotional. I was thinking about how he treated me. Like the words he would say. And and I was just literally a punching bag. I was a object. I was not in love. I was in a an abuse cycle and this man did not love me but my error was thinking all these years that he did love me I thought he loved me he loved me he loved me that was not love so I'm sitting in this EMDR session and I'm like crying because I'm like I was literally this like little abuse abuse uh, target I was just this like void fill he was I was the punching bag for this man and man didn't love me and it's so sad but I'm so happy that I have this freaking breakthrough and I can let him go because he doesn't, he doesn't have a hold on me anymore because I learned, I realized he never loved me. And it's hard to realize that these people that could look you in the face and say the sweetest things, tell you they want to marry you and they want to have your babies and, or you to have their babies, whatever. <laughs> and to realize they don't they weren't they didn't love you but it's abuse it's an abuse cycle and I just want to really stress to you guys how vital it is to let these people go and accept that that's what it was and then get into that reinforcement of what you do deserve this isn't even a there's no variables that change this you are worthy of love you deserve healthy love you deserve a strong foundation, you deserve consistency, and you deserve to heal. And God wants you to heal. I want you to heal. Everyone wants you to heal. We don't want to keep doing this shit. It's miserable. It's soul drying, sucking the light out of you. Break the old trauma bonds too. Um, my whole life shifted when my mom died. Like, I was encouraged to break the con- contact with my mom a long time ago. And I was always my plan. I've said this. I I didn't have the means and the strength, obviously, to do it. Something intervened. I don't know what. I don't know what's what this orchestration is, but my mom dies out of nowhere. And it's been intense grief. But I'm telling you, like, I also feel weight off me. I feel like my life has opened up in a new way. I feel... I'm able to heal. So yeah, it sucks that that's the way it had to go. My mom had to die literally for me to to get to here. But 
Uh, maybe you need to hear this because you need to make that choice for yourself and have the strength to cut off a really toxic uh, caregiver you had in your past or someone that's holding you back. Anyone toxic that has any hold over you, they have to go. They have to go. I still lingered with my situationship. I did a situationship with this man for almost four years. I still was letting him be there around, even though he was holding me back from healing. But I was addicted. He's gone now. I have a new boyfriend, you guys. I'll talk about him on another episode, but I feel like I'm in love. And it seems like the real deal, and I'm very excited. But I honestly don't think I could have called in real love or opened my heart without my mom being out of my life and my situationship. Like, I feel like it's all very orchestrated in a divine way. So I just really want to stress how important it is to have boundaries and just get these people. If you can't cut off contact, because that's not practical for everyone, you've got to put up some firm boundaries. Put up some boundaries that are going to keep you sane, because we can't always cut off contact, but you can put up boundaries. You can decide to not feed into their toxic shit, their abuse. You can When they try to trigger you, you can. It's the gray rock. Gray rock them. It's a narcissist combat um, technique. I talked about in another episode. You're a gray rock. Don't give them that reaction. That's a boundary. <sighs> okay. I feel like this episode was kind of all over the place, but I'm trying to pick this back up and be more consistent because I'm not drinking anymore and I feel like I'm turning a new page into a new era and I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to step into this back again more fully and working hopefully with you guys more directly because I feel like I love this <laughs> and I love you guys and I'm I love your messages and I love everything I get and I just hope that you... You stick with it, man. You're going to fall off. It's okay. That's part of the process. I've fallen off so many damn times in the last three years, I think it's been. I've been, I started this podcast and I started this work, started the Instagram. Um, and it's, I've fallen off the horse. Okay. I've eaten shit, fallen on my face, maybe knock some teeth out, but I'm, I get back on the horse. You have to keep getting back on. This is a process. It is hard, but it's going to be so worth it one day. It's going to be so worth it because you deserve it. Okay? All right, you guys. I love you so much. I'd love to hear from you. Write me. Whatever you want. Be my friend. I just I love the connections I have with people all over the world because this podcast, I'm so grateful. And um, I hope that this episode might have helped some of you. All right? Love you.